I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade. We would be warm below the storm in our little hideaway beneath the waves. Rest in our head on the seabed in an octopus's garden near a cave. Hi, I'm Kevin Matthews, Scottish film fan living in England, and this week I have realised that um, my special pick for the month meant I'd been far too kind to Tyler for far too long. So who knows what delight I will give him next week. I'm Tyler Hosley, recording from the bottom of the ocean with Chris and Stuart in her panties. I'm Dave Gray, and this week I learned. Oh, damn it! See, no, the Kristen Stewart thing just totally ruined me. I I had like my train go in, but she just spent that whole movie cosplaying as uh, Sigourney Weaver, didn't she? She did. Yeah. I I like yeah. that short hair though. I I dig that short hair on her. Awesome. And, and this week I learned something about Tyler. Yay! And this is Writers of the Podcast. <laughs> I mean, you already knew that about I Tyler, did. didn't I, you? Yeah, no, I did. Like, I, I, yeah, I knew it. You know, that one time when I was talking to him and he just whispered, oh, Kristen Shorter. <laughs> I went, oh, yeah, okay. All right, yeah, so that's that's a thing. Nice. Uh, I didn't I didn't watch much this week. I've been, I've been so busy, but Netflix dropped the last season of Agretzko, so I took a little time to binge that while doing other things, and, um... Yeah, it was okay. Like I think it was kind of the the weakest season overall, but like it was it was still it was still okay. I do I I really liked the first three seasons so much though. So like the last two are just kind of they're they're fine. And that was that was it for me. Short short week. Like, I've watched literally not a couple of episodes of Abbott Elementary because my niece has become obsessed with it, and you know that's a show that like everybody's seen. So there's nothing to really say about that. It's it's cute. Yay. I went to the theater and I watched the new M. Night Shyamalan joint, Knock at the Cabin. For the most part, I liked a lot of M. Night's work. I love The Sixth Sense. I love Unbreakable, Signs, The Village. That little run right there, I love those movies, especially The Village. I am a huge supporter of that movie. I think that movie's great. Uh, Lady in the Water is okay. I think I like it just because it has water in it. And I like, uh, what the hell, what's Ron Howard's daughter's name? Jesus Christ, why am I forgetting her name? Uh, uh, Bryce Dallas. Yes, I think she's great in that. It's a little overly pretentious with Shyamalan making himself like the fucking leader of that movie and the dude with the one muscular arm. It's a little goofy, but I, I like it. A that. little? Yeah, it's a goofy. Then grass wolves and grass monkeys. and it, It's a weird fucking movie, but it's it's kind of shockingly weird for a mainstream release from Shyamalan. So I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. It's, it's weird, but it's, it's enjoyable. Um, the happening is shit. Uh, the last airbender is really shit. After earth is worse than the last airbender, which is shocking. Um, I like split. I thought glass was okay. Um, knock at the cabin is directly in the middle. I would say, uh, I don't think it's as good as lady in the water. Um, it's better than the happening. It's better than the last airbender. It's better than last uh, after earth, but 
it's mostly elevated by Batista, who is actually fucking excellent in it. He just he gives it his all and he rocks that shit. It it's a lot different in style than most M Night's movies, though. Like his movies usually rely on some kind of twist, and this really doesn't have one. I mean, no spoilers or anything, but what you see in the trailer and what they tell you that's that's the movie. I mean, that's it. There's no surprises. There's no twist. It's just that. What you see in the trailer is that movie. It's not bad. Um, like I said, I, I'm a supporter of most of his work anyway, except for the, the back half of it. Um, but it's not terrible. If you like M. Night Shyamalan movies, I would say check it out. If not, I would say stay clear. Stay far away if you don't like his stuff. But uh, besides that, I did one movie with some homework. I watched Leviathan which is a fucking classic. I love Leviathan. Um, Peter Weller's awesome. The creature effects are awesome. It, that's just an awesome underwater creature feature. And uh, yeah, that's me. I also watched the latest Shyamalan movie. And I can tell you all that Tyler is typically mental. He's just... <laughs> Uh, nah, I'm just kidding. I mean, you're mental for I am mental. How, how much you love Lady in the Water. That's just mm-hmm. insane. I <clears throat> I tend to agree with you. It does feel quite straightforward. Um, I do understand the um, criticisms of it for certain viewpoints, but I think if you view it fairly superficially, it's a it's a good bit of tense drama and most importantly Shyamalan has got his cast to act as well as they can normally act I still don't know what instructions he was giving while he was directing Old oh I forgot Old that was terrible yeah and and most of that cast is made up of people I've seen do very good work in our films I mean, someone like uh, Vicky Cripps is excellent in our films, and they were terrible there. And it was deliberately so, um, because there's no other explanation for it. Knock at the Cabin has really good performances from all of the main players. And yeah, uh, Batista is great. He's he's really good in that role. Um, so that, that lifts it up a notch. I'm undecided on where I'll ultimately land on it. Uh, before you say it, though, it's not a Kevin thing. <laughs> but I th- I think it might just be, you know, slightly, slightly above average. I, I think it does enough just to be that bit above average. But the, the stuff that's there under the surface, <sighs> I mean, when you start to pick at it, that is a bit more uh, annoying to put it one way and um and maybe kind of revealing into the the mind of the writer slash artist other than that i had a mixed bag unfortunately i didn't get any uh watery homework done i'm really sorry i would have loved to do that um well i tell a lie i got one done i i watched shockwaves which has underwater nazi zombies hello why had I not watched that before, Dave? I don't know. You hate yourself like, secretly? Yeah. <laughs> Must have done. 
a small role for Peter Cushing and underwater Nazi zombies that are like powered by their goggles somehow. It was, um, I know most people aren't going to like that film as much as I did, but I loved it. I, I thought it was great. I thought it was really well done with the weird atmosphere throughout. And considering it's mainly on a sunbathed island, it was good to have that um, still feeling spooky. And I like the sort of an odd uh, score and soundtrack. Uh, really good. So that was one little bit of homework. But when I was discussing our sort of watery flicks on the video the other week, everybody dived in you know, with the abyss as a touchstone. And I mentioned Leviathan, uh, Deep Star 6. I would have liked to revisit uh, some of those, but I just didn't have time. Sorry. Uh, I did have time for the monsters at last. And, you know, despite despite us having different things that we might like or dislike about it, I think I tend to be in line with Dave. Like, you enjoyed it, didn't you, Dave? Neither of us are going to love it as much as Tyler. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fine. I like yeah. it. Okay. And, I mean... <sighs> It's obvious once once you've seen the film, but it does make clear that um, I think a lot of people who have the biggest problems with it are are really tending to forget the monsters and you know, the the kind of spirit of it, the essence of it. There there are things that aren't quite right. Um, there are missteps here and there, but I I liked it and I would rewatch it. And I think I think going into a rewatch sort of knowing the vibe and and look of it from the start would make it easier for me to settle into it and enjoy it a bit more, uh, which I didn't expect when it started. I thought, well, I'll get through this and see if I can make it to the end. You know, So many people gave up so early or, or just didn't want to make anything for it. It's, it's a nice little fun thing. Um, to, be, to be fair, that first 20 minutes is a bit of a chore. It's got the Count Orlock stuff, obviously. Yeah, I mean, besi- <laughs> but besides Count Orlock, which is the fun bit of that, that blind date is, that's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but the rest of it, the other Richard Brake stuff is pain. Let's let's be totally fair. I I didn't mind them, but I would have I would have preferred uh, a montage of different blind dates. Uh, that that would have worked for me on the run up to the middle section. Um, but I, I always worry I'll get his name the wrong way around. I think it's Jeff Daniel Phillips. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. He plays Herman. Uh, he's good. I mean, the star though is Daniel Roebuck, who's uh, who's is pretty great. Who I think would get the nod and a sage pat on the head from Al Lewis. Um, that's that's how good he is. I think I think he's awesome. And then ended the the week with more straightforward horror fare. Um, on Shudder in the UK here, today is when, how do you pronounce it? I think it's Nocebo dropped. Uh, N-O-C-E-B-O. And it's a psychological horror movie with Eva Green being a bit bonkers, which is what Eva Green can do quite well. I wasn't sure um, 
if I was going to really enjoy this by the end, it had to, you know, I had to convince me in the third act, but it did so. It, uh, it packs a punch at the end, and I really enjoyed it. Have either of you two seen that one? Not yet. I have not. Uh, it, it makes you sort of uh, question yourself about the midway point. Thing. Is this got to be worth it? I, I thought it was worth it. I, I liked it, uh, as I say, by the end. And then on Netflix, I watched The Strays. And that's a good film. Um, it has a really, a really interesting creepiness and load of awkwardness as well. This woman has has basically given herself a the chance of a perfect life, but that has meant. Uh, hopefully leaving her old life behind in any ties and she doesn't want anything out of place now and she starts seeing people around town that uh, unnerve her and unsettle her and you know there, there may be secrets about to come to light it's it's really good it's almost I, I don't know uh, um, I would think of sort of touchstones that would come close to but then that would kind of give away some of the plot developments I'll just say it's good it is another film though that that maybe asks you to be a bit patient and you know if if you like where it goes by the end then that's all good if you don't like the ending then you'll have just felt like you've wasted 100 minutes obviously but I liked it that was me, other than time spent with dangerous fishy things. Oh, that's what the theme was? Man, I couldn't for the life of me figure it out. <laughs> this week, we watched the 1990 underwater sci-fi adventure film The Rift. 1995's uh, Above the Water on an Oil Rig sci-fi adventure film Proteus. And 2020's sci-fi action horror film, Underwater. Guess where that one takes place? Underwater. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I was was stumped. It was tough. I mean, I know that there's there's a a connection, but fuck if I can see it. Uh, Tyler? Yes, sir. Would you like to pick a movie and tell us about it? I would love to. I am going to go with Kevin's pick, Underwater. Uh, which is about a crew of oceanic researchers working for a deep-sea drilling company uh, trying to get to safety after a mysterious earthquake devastates their deep-water research lab and drilling facility located at the bottom of the ocean. Shall we just give a general spoiler warning for underwater now? Because I think think it's a hard one to discuss without mentioning the the highlight. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, the the monster reveal of what it is is a major spoiler. So yes, definitely. Um, I fucking love Underwater, and Kevin knew this. Uh, this was the movie that proved to me that January just wasn't the dumping ground for cinema. This is such a great sci-fi horror flick. I, I love the atmosphere here. It feels so fucking claustrophobic. The murkiness, 
of those ocean floor scenes made those sequences feel so unsettling. And that score, that score is fucking perfect. It's really well shot. The whole thing gave me some strong Alien and Deep Star 6 vibes. I love the look of those suits, too. Those suits are so well designed. Uh, Cast is really good. Kristen Stewart rocks it. She's great here. Uh, Vincent Cassell is always good. Uh, honestly, I, I like this whole cast. Even TJ Miller, who is fine in it. I mean, he's perfectly fine in this. Um, since we're doing spoilers, uh, he doesn't last very long anyway. So, um, I loved the creature design. I, I they never come out and say it in the movie, obviously, but it's obviously Cthulhu. Am I right? I mean, that's Cthulhu. Yeah, no, that's that's Cthulhu. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, it's like lesser Cthulhu, but it's Cthulhu. Yeah, it's it's like uh, it's definitely Cthulhu and very Lovecraftian in, in design. Love the look of that monster. Um, and I love that you never really get a perfectly clear look of it either, but you see just enough of it to make an impact. Uh, the scene with Stuart walking down the sunken corridor and all the baby Cthulhu's are like up above her head with the tentacles hanging down. That entire scene lives like rent free in my head. It's unnerving as fuck. And that, like, again, that score is amazing. Um, it's just that whole sequence is a genuinely perfect scene of tension. That I just, I absolutely adore this movie, guys. I've watched it so many times already. And, I, and it's only been out for, like, what, three years? It's great. It's at the very, very, very top of my list of favorite aquatic sci-fi horror movies. It's just, it's excellent stuff. I, I adore it. Did you hear that, Dave? I, I did. I did. Sounds like a sweep coming. Uh, well, you know, I haven't said anything yet. So s- slow your fucking roll. It's, <laughs> it, it's up against the rift and Proteus. Uh, hey, the rift has Arlie Ermey being amazing in it. So hold it, let it me. Does. Okay. Now, okay co- yeah. Okay. Thank you. Fuck. Um, I like underwater. Don't get me wrong. I think it is a solid, if very generic, paint-by-numbers flick. Uh, there, I, I have some issues with it. I mean, yeah, it's obviously Cthulhu. So it's Cthulhu. And I like that you don't really see Cthulhu because, you know, to gaze upon Cthulhu is to know madness. And whenever they're like, hey, here's Cthulhu in my movie, it looks really fucking stupid. So they, I like how they handle that. I mean, they, they do a pretty solid job. Um, God, the, like the production designer just jerked off to watching Alien a lot, didn't they? They did. I mean, my God, like the the ship is a copy of the Nostromo. The fucking dive suits are a copy of the, uh, the space suits from Alien. I mean, like, like, holy shit, man. They didn't even bother trying to do something like unique. They're just like, it's Alien. Fuck yeah. Which, okay, yeah, those are awesome designs. Don't get me wrong. But, like, I've I've seen them. Uh, my issue with this movie is more in... Okay, it's very... And, and I'm not... This isn't, like, a bad thing overall. Just for me, it's a little too sparse. Like, none of the characters are characters. They're just kind of, like, going from point A to point B. And then... The only character bits we get are really fucking stupid. Like, I don't know who told them to add the voiceover at the beginning and the end, but that shit is just fucking dumb. 
And it makes me like hate the character delivering it because it's not like it doesn't make them more human. It just makes them more goofy cartoon. And I think it would work better without that because th- these are not things anyone would say. And I, I think that's that's a bit of a problem. And then giving an excuse for why the character does what they do at the end besides just because they have to. I think that's that's kind of fucking dumb for me. I think these hurt the film overall. They're not deal breakers. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying, oh, my God, how fucking dare they do this stupid shit? No. I'm just saying I wish if they were going to do that, they did it better. Or not done it at all. Just everything else, just get rid of the voiceover. Get rid of the totally, you know, meaningless fiancé backstory. Because it doesn't add anything. It doesn't make me better connect to these characters. Just, you know, it's it's just... It's it's just lazy. Oh, now you have to feel for me. But I, I don't. I don't connect with this... Because, you know, that's not cynicism. As a cynic, I'm actually insulted that that's what you think cynicism is. So, you know, don't... How about you not do that? That's all. The script is bad. Uh, and that's that's a, that's really the only problem with it. But the script is very bad. Granted, we watched The Rift and Proteus this week. And the script is not worse than their scripts. So, while it's a bad script, it's the best script this week. So yay. I just, I just wish they give like a little bit more time, but when it's doing the action stuff, when they're moving from point A to point B or crawling through the wreckage, that's awesome. Like they did an awesome job and the cast, except for TJ Miller, who is like, why the fuck is he even there? You could have hired like anybody else who has more charisma because everybody else on earth has more personality and charisma than TJ Miller. Like, I just don't fucking understand that guy at all. Um, you know, it's fine. It, it's a solid act, you know, sci-fi horror flick. I enjoy it. I am a fan. I just, you know, I just wish they tightened little bits up, but those are, you know, those are quibbles, but, you know, that's what I do. So, you know, it's a good one. Do you guys know who sang the SpongeBob theme song in the movie? No. It was Avril Lavigne. Trivia. Really? Yes, it was. The, you, know, when they're getting, you know, when they're getting dressed, they have the SpongeBob I'm just, theme I'm song just playing. I'm not in the surprised you knew that. I did know that. <laughs> Wow. Is that you, Dave? Yeah, that's that's me. Yeah, I I picked this for two reasons. One, I knew that Tyler liked it and would treat our boy T for a change rather than doing old sneaky sneaky like we did with his Star Wars special. (laughs) 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 Which is still classic hilarity for me and uh and two though i thought i'd already bought this on itunes and watched it and was due a rewatch of it i hadn't bought it on itunes 
I just saw it and and hadn't bought it. I just that was it. it it's never something I thought to have. So thanks to my own planning, I then had to buy it on iTunes to watch. And I'm actually glad I did because I like this even more this time around than I did on the first viewing. I mean, Dave's right about the script. The script is is the weakest part. I think there are only there are only two or three things that the script gets right, and one of those things are the just the little juicy morsels dotted throughout that lead you towards the finale and and just take the the plot through. Uh, the other one that I, I really liked this time, and I'm not even sure if I'd caught it the first time I watched this, but it's quite obvious, is the um, the, the moment of Vincent Cassell's character uh, mentioning his daughter. And you find out about that, a detail about that later on. And I just thought that was... I, I just thought it was a good way to to highlight sort of these people being so close in this extreme environment, but also still really being so separate from one another in in all other ways. You know, people didn't know that about his character, but his duty was still to to help them try and survive this cataclysmic event. And to do that, you know, there's such a tight unit in that regard. Um, so I really like that. The cast do a good job. Uh, Kristen Stewart is doing her best. Ellen Ripley, uh, Sigourney Weaver. Um, Cassell's good. I really like Jessica Hennick. Uh, John Gallagher Jr. is all right. And uh, yeah, we've got TJ Miller, thankfully, not for that long. I mean, I don't mind them but I would have to agree with Dave again you could get anybody more charismatic or maybe ditch him even sooner and have more time for Mamudu Afi who I really liked as well yeah I mean damn yeah. dude what like switch you've got TJ around. Miller there why do you kill the black guy first I yeah. mean the fuck guys uh, it's definitely you know a film made by people who at every opportunity, rushed away from their own monitors to rewatch Alien, uh, from the opening shot to everything that carries on after. But but they do it really well, um, repurposing everything for the underwater environment. I like the fact that I always have a general idea of what's going on because I always just really try to get from one broken section to another. But it's still it's that deep underwater and when things happen it's confusing but not in a way that makes me resent not being able to pinpoint exactly where everyone is do you know what i mean like I, that, you know, I, that could easily be the case i'm just like oh, it's, it's fine i know where they are generally I, I i will say i i i agree except tj miller's death like I, I had to stop and rewind because I had no idea what the fuck was going on. Uh, yeah, his his death. It's it's something to do with the uh the wire, isn't it? Yeah, but like I don't. Where's it attached to at that point? And 
like his yeah. he gets pulled out of the, and it's like huh okay sure whatever but even now you know just before there um i i must have seen it the first time i watched this but i really like the you know you see the the figure behind him and then move on uh, it's it's really well done the the ending of this is great um i think i mean director william eubank has only i i don't think i've seen his other stuff apart from um did he do the last paranormal activity the next yeah. of kin one yes he yeah did. yeah and uh <laughs> that might be the last one he did the signal too uh, with uh, oh, I Olivia forgot about that. and Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, there's that many different films called The Signal that I always um, mixed up and then forgot to check it out. But Paranormal Activity Next of Kin is is not great. This is much better than that. Um, you know, depending on how good The Signal is, this could well be his his best film. And a lot of that as well is down to, I think the, the score is really good and the sound design is fantastic for this. Love. Sorry, I was muted. Uh, yeah, he made love with um, Gunner Wright. It's like 2011, I think. I don't think I've. Seen, I know I haven't seen that one. You would, uh, you would actually dig that. It's it's about the psychological effects of isolation in. I don't know if he's on the moon or on a spaceship, but you, yeah, you would dig that one. Oh, nice! Kind of like a uh, 2001 type movie. Sort of. I mean, it's it's really heavily inspired by a. Uh, uh, Sagan's um, Pale Blue Dot. Nice. I'll check it out. I have not seen that one. Um, yeah. Uh, I was just saying the score and the the audio design here, I think, is is fantastic. Uh, especially again in the third act where you get the kind of big booming noises. It really rocks your speakers. I think this is, I think this is really good. It delivers a lot of familiar stuff. Uh, takes a lot of uh, elements we've seen in other movies, but mixes them up in in quite a, quite a good, enjoyable, um, impressive way. Uh, I I really really liked it, and I'm glad that aiming to treat tea. Then I did remember to buy this on iTunes. I've got it. Yay for me. Can I now uh can I now mention Proteus? Oh yeah, you most certainly can. <laughs> we are going to Proteus, uh directed by Bob Keaton, based on a novel apparently called Slimer by John Brosnan. It's definitely got that pulpy feel. Um I don't know about you guys, but I like a film that starts with a sign saying, uh, you know, drug trafficking can result in the death penalty, and then panning to a group of people who had photos in their high school yearbook marked as most likely to become drug traffickers. (laughs) And that is what Proteus gives us. Uh, It's a motley crew. Craig Fairbrass is the main uh, recognisable person in there. Although there's a woman, Rachel, played by Jennifer Calvert, and she will be familiar to, I think, mainly British viewers. I don't know if you you got anything over there. She was in a little 
weird show called Spats. And Pinhead's in it. Eh? Brad, Brad, yeah. Douglas Bradley's in it. Well, I mean, he wasn't in Spats, though, was he? No, but he's in this movie. Uh, I I can't even remember. Well, as as he yes, he's just in it. He's just in it for a few minutes at the end. It's a cameo. He still is higher than Craig Fairbrass for recognizability. I don't know. Oh, please. Do you know how many people have watched Rise of the Foot Soldier? Yes, and they all live in England. All one hundred and fifty of them. Uh, but anyway, they, these people go on a boat and things don't go to plan and then they end up apparently on an hour rig. What you'll find is a lot of scenes are shot in almost pitch black. So you don't have to have a large set or pretend they're actually at sea, but they're in an hour rig and they go about and it turns out that this uh, abandoned place is being used for biological experiments and something's there called Charlie and apparently Charlie can then get into people and sort of become them and use them as Charlie wants to this reminds me a lot again it's maybe a very British thing but there was a Red Dwarf episodes that featured an alien called the Polymorph. Yeah, I was getting a yes. big polymorph vibe from this. And like that it was only a step away from being sci-fi comedy, and I would have been happy with that. It's kind of comedic enough as it is. Um, but I've gotta say, for for what it's doing which is being this water set creature feature with a load of expendable characters uh, wandering around and then, you know, perhaps being taken over by a sailing. <laughs> it's not too bad. I'd never put it on any top 10 lists. Um, I, think, I think it's one of those films that, you know, as you're watching it, you... It, it becomes clear that the director has a background in special effects and makeup and he's uh, he's you know helping to show those off when the opportunity arises within the sort of low budget and probably quite limited resources i think there's there's one or two little good bits here with the practical effects um unfortunately you then get too many scenes that are just sort of POV shots, wobbly camera work going about with a filter on it, and people having to act a bit silly, which is a shame, because it's much better for acting a bit silly with lots of practical effects attached to their face than it is if they're just acting a bit silly. But I almost, though, forgave everything with the finale of this, which has a glorious monster reveal and uh, and has Craig Fairbrass becoming his alpha Craig Fairbrass for that time. And I was happy. Like, this did enough to keep me happy, to entertain me, and to be a silly, 
sci-fi horror movie with some uh, fun practical effects dotted about. Well, I'll be honest, this special this month, this week, went by with a lot less pain than I expected. That's me. Uh, I love when uh, lead characters are all terrible people. And uh, in this movie, like Kevin said, all our leads are fucking heroin smugglers. So they ain't good people for the most part. But uh, I actually like the cast here. Uh, for the for the most part, they're fine. I mean, they're, they're all pretty okay-ish. Uh, just give me a movie about terrible people running around from a science experiment gone wrong, and I'll be happy. The movie itself is your average direct-to-video monster movie, though. It doesn't really do anything new. But I love the creature effects from what you could actually see. I mean, they obviously, I don't know if it was the length that I watched or whatever, or the copy that I watched, they obviously underlit the effects to to hide the effects, which sucks because a lot of the practical effects in here looked pretty fucking good, especially towards the end. That that finale is awesome. The movie would actually make a great double feature with Peter Benchley's Creature, a movie which I really love. Creature is a 20 times better, but both have hybrid shark-like creatures in it. So, fun little double feature there. Uh, The movie, this movie has the same problem with the movie that I picked this week. The first two acts are pretty boring, for the most part. But once the creature shit starts, it's pretty wonderful. I just wish there was a bit more of that here. Uh, but, But like I said, once you do get the creature stuff, it's awesome. It's just, it's very few and far between. Uh, I watched this a a few years back, totally forgot everything that happened in it. Just, I totally forgot everything. And, uh, I'll most likely forget everything that happens in this in the next few years. And I'll probably watch it again thinking I haven't seen it. So it's forgettable, but it's watchable. I enjoyed it while it was on, but like I said, it's, you can do better. You can do worse. It's just, it's fine. It's okay. Uh, so, uh, here, here's a confession. I, I read this book way back in the nineties cause it was written by the same guys that wrote Carnosaur the book. Yeah, Carnosaur was a big thing for me when I was, you know, 12. So, you know, I I read the book of this and I hadn't seen the movie before. So I was surprised by the the deviations, which, um, yeah, they, they were they were interesting. Yeah. Uh, especially how one character got a, a hero turn at the end, which was like, that's a surprise. When they were the villain in the book. And the hero of the book dies, like, first. So, that's fun. It's just, um... I, I like... I I didn't hate it. I didn't like it. Uh, I agree. The creature effects are really cool. Uh, there's some fun little bits. I have a soft spot for Doctor Who corridor running. Which is like half of this movie. Nothing like sticking folks in a place and just have them run down a corridor to fill 20 minutes, maybe? Yeah, and at yeah. least still like different spaces, unlike that unfortunate Albert Pune film we watched. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, I mean, they're obviously in different spots instead of the same corridor over and over and over, which is, that's always good. Um, Yeah, I, I like, I, I love the monster at the end, man. When we finally get to see that, that is absolutely awesome. I, I kind of wish that they'd, some things they'd kept a bit closer to the book, but, you know, what whatever. It, it was the 90s. You can't have the creature die from heroin. So, like, I, I get it. I, I do. I, I understand it. Kinda. Uh, the, the real problem with this movie is Craig Fairbrass is... Well, I mean, he's not the worst lead we watched this week, <laughs> but he's not, <laughs> he's kind of like the TJ Miller of action heroes. Like, I don't get why you'd hire him when there's like a thousand other people you could have hired instead. Sorry, Craig. Like, I know you're great in your, your foot soldier movies. At least I assume you are. I've only seen one of those and. That was enough for me. So, you know, it's not personal. I just, like, they really needed somebody with a bit more gruffness or personality. He just, God, he must be really good in those foot soldier movies. Because he, that's like what he reminds me of even in this. When he's, he's being like mean and heavy. But he just kind of comes off as like a, a bar bully. Who's, you know, wants to fight you because you're wearing the wrong scarf in his pub. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's, yeah, that's the yeah. on-screen persona most of the time. Yeah. Do you or remember him in Cliffhanger? Uh, No, I haven't seen, but I haven't seen Cliffhanger since, you know. Forever. Yeah, it's uh, been a long time. I think that was probably his, his sort of biggest shot at, uh, at, you know, being in a good film. Although he's really good in that muscle. Uh, I think I think Craig really liked muscle as well. Nice. I mean, yeah, I, it, you know, I'm I'm sure he can do better. I'm just saying in this film, like he doesn't come off as either of the things his character's supposed to be. Just like how does the girlfriend of a drug runner able to instantly identify a human DNA sequence at a glance? Like, these people's skill sets are all over the place. Which is fine. That's cool. I just was not expecting them to know some of the things they knew. That's all. Oh, whoa, whoa. Leave it out, Dave. Didn't sign up for a fucking pop quiz, did I? <laughs> How? Like, uh, again, like, in the book, I understand why they're... I, okay, anyway, whatever. Um, <laughs> That was good, though. I just, I, I inherited this pick from Craig. I, I wish, uh, I wish he was here to, to regale us with his whole thing as uh, fair brass. But in, instead, it's just, it, it, it's not the worst creature feature you could watch. I paid nothing to watch it on YouTube. So, you know, it's fine for what it is. Yeah, I mean, if if you get a better assortment of character actors in here, you know, if you can sneak in maybe a Brad Dourif here, maybe have an Andrew Devoff there, one or two other 
genre favourites. This this could have been like one of the best films of the nineties ever. I mean, it would at least be a yeah. I would probably be all over this with a slightly better cast, which it's a shame it doesn't have that. But do you know what does have a slightly better cast, but it's not a better movie? (laughs) Tyler's pick, The Rift. Ah, man. It's also called Endless Descent. Uh, Arlie, Ermey, Jack Scalia, Ray Wise, and Deborah Darstar win a whiny, whiny, unemployed submarine designer's first experimental sub goes missing. They abduct him and force him to go on his other experimental sub to find it. I don't know why. Like, like it doesn't really make sense given how the story plays out. Uh, and instead of the sub, they find an underwater cave system with genetic experiments running around. Uh, Jack Scalia is our lead, Wick Hayes, and Jack Scalia is... What's... I'm trying to think of a good way to describe Jack in this movie. He is, um, he is awful. Like, like he is the whiniest little shit ever. And he whines throughout the whole fucking movie. And like, I don't understand how they're blaming his designs for the failure of the missing submarine because it's, you know, it's, it's missing. But whatever, you know, that's uh, Ray Wise is fine. He's always uh, a reliable performer in any role. And we'll be talking about him quite a bit come April. Arlie Ermey is I love Arlie Ermey. And he's a, a little beacon of sunshine in this film. Uh, the rest of the cast is just, um, well, they're they're a mixed bag of pain. They're, they're a really mixed bag of pain. Um, I just i I just don't know what to say about them, honestly. They're they're not fun to spend time with. They're not interesting. They're kind of creepy, and I don't understand how they've got their jobs on this experimental sub. Like, how the fuck do you get that job? Why are these people there? I don't know. I don't care. So, like, when they start meeting their their end, it's just, it's like, okay, fucking finally, it only took an hour to get to that shit. It's, It's just not good, and it's not fun. At all. I think he's got like he's got like some ideas in there that I think could have worked, but it's just it's done so poorly, and it's it's got such an unlikable lead, and it's not just. So this was directed by um, the same guy who made Pieces, Juan Picure Simon. I know I said his middle name wrong. And he's done a lot of cult movies that some people adore. Um, Didn't like, he also do Slugs? He slugs did Slugs. He did uh, the Extraterrestrial Visitors. 
which is uh, also known as Pod People and very famous and well-known among those that are into uh, riffing, rift movies. Uh, did he make any movies where the heroes were not horrific? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, like in, in pieces. Um, uh, what's What's the guy's name? Um, I cannot remember. Kindle, Kindle, yeah, Kindle. Kindle is the fucking worst. <laughs> like he is just, <laughs> he is the fucking worst. And then in Slugs, uh, the guy in that is is Mike, and he's is it some local council guy or something? Yeah. <laughs> No, he's a health worker. He's a oh, health worker yeah, yeah. in Slugs, Mike. And he's awful. And then in Pod People, it's a little kid named... Um, oh, fuck. I will I will remember his name. It'll just come to me. I can't fucking remember. But it's the little boy with Trumpy. Uh, Tommy. Tommy. And he is awful. Like... This guy just likes to make movies about the worst fucking people. Oh, he made Super Sonic Man. And Super Sonic Man is the worst superhero ever. It's like he just likes to make movies about terrible human beings that you want to just choke to death after like five minutes in their company. So, I mean, I guess good for him for, for keeping it up. Yeah, there's just there, don't watch the rift. There's just there's no reason. Not even if you love Arlie Ermy as much as I do. Just don't. Yeah, um, Tyler, have you seen this one before? I have not. Okay, right. That's uh, that's good for you because so it I wasn't could, on purpose. I could sway my choice for next week. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, everything Dave has said is correct, including particularly about the leading man. Like, Jack Scalia is, like, he's so bad, I actually wanted to spend years of my life becoming a drag artist called Mariana Trench just to destroy him. That's how bad he is. That's what I want to do. And... His, his character is super, super whiny. Maybe it's because he's named Wick Hayes and everyone thought it was like a DIY in garden store. Uh, maybe it's just because the writing is so bad throughout. Um, I, I don't know. He's, he's the worst. And that includes probably any lead in a movie that Tyler's made us watch from like Larry Clark or Harmony Corinne. I, I don't care. Drug taking skateboarding shoplifters are way better than Wick Hayes. Alien is like a terrible. model human being compared to Wick. <laughs> uh, he's, he, he's so terrible. Like he's, um, I don't, it feels like I have a personal grudge against Jack Scala. I don't. I do. Not, I, after watching that, I sure as fuck do. 
I don't think I'm familiar with anything else that he's done, really, um, that I can think of anyway. And I'm glad that he's he just doesn't have any screen presence, so he can't do anything to improve, you know, the the weak script. Uh, you get Arlie Army who can, who's fun because he's Arlie Army, and the same goes for Ray Wise being. I mean, they're characters, but you also you have a, you have a certain amount of relief and gratitude seeing that there's an Arlie Ermey on screen and a Ray Wise. Uh, they're good. Deborah Adair doesn't get anything decent to do, you know, apart from being the 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 woman who may like her hero but has to be moody with them for a while because things hadn't panned out as she wanted. It's it's a very poorly written part for her. Just put with that. Uh, yeah, the rest of the cast aren't aren't good. They're, they're not given anything to try and be good with. What I will say, the the saving grace is in the second half. Again, not not great, but I liked some of the uh, rubbery kind of uh, the tentacle style effects and the gland work and the the practical makeup that was popping up now and again there wasn't enough of it and it wasn't as ridiculous and fun as it became in proteus but there were a couple of good moments that uh that at least saved it from being a complete bore fest uh, the complete bore fest is the first half of the movie you need to get through. Like, Pieces is a mess of a film and has the standout bits that everybody remembers. The Rift is actually, maybe it was just me, but it feels like as much of a mess at times. For the first half, when they were having problems with the submarine, when they were having what was supposed to be I would say normal submarine problems for wherever they were going. I just didn't know why they were having certain problems, where they were going, why the model submarine on screen was having to move a certain way. I, I just didn't know. And then time was passing and I just didn't care. It was like, okay, is this going anywhere? So at least when it did get to the, the sort of crux of the plot when it comes to strange seaweeds and then potential creatures in there at least that was livening it up a bit i'm like okay the submarine's there there might be some monsters coming i'm okay but before that you know i i didn't know i didn't care and this should be a very simple film like all the shots in the submarine were one step away from most of the footage you'll see in any asylum movie set on a submarine and they have got a load of submarine set movies because they have the one set they reuse again and again it would appear um, yeah this this wasn't good but again it wasn't painful because once you get through the most boring parts I, I think the second half and the third act had some had some fun stuff in terms of the effects and makeup So when I was a kid, I watched all of the underwater horror movies that came out. The Abyss, Deep Star Six, Leviathan, Lords of the Deep, 
But for some reason, I missed the Rift, which is surprising because I would have rented this if I saw this on video stores back when I was a kid. Uh, this movie is fucking terrible. <laughs> the acting is atrocious. Our lead is fucking awful. I mean, he has the charisma of a jizz rag. Even Arlie, even Arlie Ermey and Ray Wise are bad at this. Both actors I really like, but they're just they're just terrible. Everybody's terrible in this movie. This whole cast is bad. Uh, the opening scene when the men in fucking black came into the hotel room. Man, I was like seconds away from rushing over to my computer and putting in a return request for this Blu-ray. Like, I was that close. I was going to say, this bitch is defective. I want my $30 back. <laughs> what the fuck have I done here? I sabotaged my own underwater special. Um, the editing is piss poor. It's got some god-awful dubbing, too. It's the very worst of the slew of aquatic sci-fi horror movies we got in the late 80s and early 90s. It, it shamelessly steals from every single movie that came before it, but uh, it does have some charm. It's got more charm than most of the bad movies made nowadays. I enjoyed aspects of the second half of this movie. Once the suits go on and they start wandering around that cave it kind of becomes what I wanted. It's got some like solid goopy gore that almost totally comes out of nowhere. And those crying underwater baby fetuses were, which aren't explained at all. They're just kind of there are pretty bizarre looking and kind of creepy. Actually, those, that was some pretty solid effects work. I, I love the brain aliens too. It just, they kind of look like fifties monster movies with eighties gore in there. I mean, for how much I don't like pieces, it's still got some great gore, and that's where this director shines. He's an awful filmmaker. Dude has no skills when it comes to characters or setting up a shot or directing actors. He's a terrible filmmaker. He's got to be one of the worst that I've seen. I, I, I couldn't even get through Slugs. I hated that fucking movie. Um, it's a poorly done movie. The first half in the submarine is bad. It's the absolute worst aspect of the entire thing. But... Like Proteus, once the second half kicks in, you get tentacles, you get a giant starfish thing that looks like the Sarlacc Pit's asshole, kind of, I guess. Uh, I just, I kind of regret spending $30 on this movie. I really do. But uh, I would say it's, it's not the absolute worst underwater horror movie i've seen i think lords of the deep is still the worst but this is right underneath that it's i mean right up above that it's it's almost there but it's just it's bad it's a really bad movie and uh only only watch this if you're a complete like a completist of underwater horror because yeah it's it's bad guys and i picked this and i apologize so uh jack scalia has actually been in a movie we covered before we have yeah, he plays in uh, Homeland Security director in Red Eye. Oh, nice. The the, the good Red Eye. Yeah, the, the Wes Craven Red Eye, yeah. Oh. I mean, unless that's not the good Red Eye. I. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I was thinking of the good Red Eye, but I was wondering if there were other other films with the same title. No, he did also play Joey Buttafuoco three years after The Rift in Long Island Lolita, the Amy Fisher story. Is that supposed to mean anything? Not to, to you, but it'll mean something to someone somewhere. 
Okay. It's time to pick it's and it's underwater. <laughs> yes, it is. One hundred percent without a question in my mind, underwater. Uh next week it's uh well it was gonna be T and Craig, but we won't have uh Craig for a, a minute, so Kevin, can you uh slot one in there? Yeah, I I may not get the sweep next week, but who knows? It's time for some more Michelle Yeo because we think every year should be the year of Michelle Yeoh. And I am going for, I'm going to make sure I get the, the right date. I think it's 1986, Royal Warriors. I think I think that's the right one. I think that's the order of Watchmen, because I had a, a couple of her movies arrive recently, and I believe that's the earlier of the two that I was going to check out. And uh, for my pick, we are going to the Deep South. Uh, I'm going with the Southern Fried White Trash Revenge Drama, My Father Die, from 2016. We're on Instagram, Raiders underscore of underscore the underscore pod. We're on Facebook, where I did not remember to do a weekly post this week. My bad. Uh, oh. We have a YouTube channel where you can like, subscribe, and comment and watch Kevin's totally awesome videos weekly. And you can always email us at Raiders of the Podcast at gmail.com. Awesome. Uh, as always, thanks for joining me, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'll talk to you next week. Go watch Underwater. Definitely. Or Alien. Not the Rift. <laughs> they are the same movie. So. <laughs> See ya. See ya. Yeah.